Hey, you, you want to see something really scary? What's your favorite scary movie? I'm going to scare the hell out of you. What was living behind that boy's eyes was purely and simply evil. They're coming to get you, Barbara. When there's no more room in hell, the dead will walk here. What's blood for, if not for shedding? Welcome to Fright Night. Welcome back to Jump Scare, I'm Betty. And I'm Shed. This week we're covering 1985's The Stuff. The stuff is here now. The taste that makes you hungry for more. The stuff. Taste that delivers. We interrupt this presentation with the following urgent message. Tonight, America is in grave danger. We are under alien attack by a popular dessert known as the stuff. Here, Jason. Take some. No! Don't eat that. There is something alive in there. Tasty. There's something alive in yogurt. It's called benign bacteria. If the stuff is in your house, do not eat it. If you have it on your shelves, do not sell it. If you distribute this material, close your doors, make no more sales. So this film is directed by Larry Cohen. Yay. And what a crazy movie. It's actually one of my favorite movies. It's pretty, uh, it sticks with you. Wow. I see what you did there. (laughs) So when was the last time you saw this movie, Sean? I last saw it back in the 80s, to be honest with you. I saw it shortly after it came out. And I think I was visiting family in California I don't think we saw it in the theaters up there, but they either rented it or we saw it on cable somewhere up there. But it was shortly after it came out, so uh, it might have been on that one of those weird channels they have in L.A. I don't know, but we I saw it shortly after it came out and was like, uh, okay, this is a crazy ass movie. So watching it again, obviously you probably have vague memories of the first time around. Yeah, I remember Chocolate Chip Charlie. I remember some of the you know, the stuff exploding out of people and that, but I had forgotten a lot of little things about it, but. It still held up. I still had a good time with it. Yeah. It's one of those I was I was as I was watching it, I thought, Oh, this is very similar to Halloween three. Yeah, it has a similar structure to that. Yeah, so I was like, Okay, which I never that's never dawned on me before. Uh, but I I mean it doesn't take away from the movie for me. No, it just a lot of a lot of slashers and movies have similar structures, but it was still a good show. So if you're a person that is going to need some kind of explanation about where said thing came from. You're what not... came from the ground? Well, 
Okay, yes. But how did it get there, though? <laughs> how did it get to Alaska? Because that's where it's at, really. So how did it get to... Mind you, when you think... I mean, for me, when I think, oh, Alaska, I immediately think aliens. Like, that's the first... Anytime anyone's ever talking about Alaska, I always go, like, aliens. Was it Alaska? It was Alaska. Yeah. Are you sure? I thought they were in, like, Georgia or, like, Alabama somewhere. Because they did not drive to Alaska to find this thing that I remember. I'm pretty sure it started off in Alaska and then they, when they sold it, they distributed it into no, that little town. it wasn't, I don't think it was in Alaska to begin with. Alaska is in the United States, isn't it? Yes, it is, but <laughs> it's in the continent, not in the continental United States. Okay, well... We're just going to say that it's Alaska. At the end of the day, it's in the ground in somewhere in the United States. Wink. Okay. So. <laughs> I think it was an A state. I think it was in Alabama or somewhere, but I don't think it was in Alaska. Oh, was it? Oh, now it's an A state, but it's not Alaska. You're like definite. Because why wouldn't it be in Alaska? They can't do Antarctica. They got the other movie. <laughs> It, I came from. <laughs> it was not in Alaska. Where was invasion? Where was uh the blob? Where was the blob uh supposed to be taking place? Uh, that I don't know. Somewhere where it was cold. Uh, I think that might have been like somewhere in Colorado or California, one of the mountain areas where they were waiting for there to be snow because they were all dependent on there being snow or there hadn't. That's true. I need to be cold. So these workers, quarry workers. They discover this substance in the ground. Now, these are some, this is an old man, okay? And I'm going to tell you, I don't know if when I do get old, if I would be that crazy to, I don't know, be walking, you know, towards my car, see some white, weird, bubbly fucking substance on the floor. And my first thing is like, Hmm, let me stick my fingers in there and put it upon thy lips and taste this. No, no bitch. I don't think anybody would do that. Even their right mind would do that. Who does that? How hungry are you? Like, yeah, I mean, the food stamps must have been running out wherever he was. Exactly, Alaska. Food is very rare over there. You just okay. bought it back. You just bought it back. They, like, take the roadkill and they, like, give it to, like, people that are in need. Because... <laughs> It, that, that's true. That's a fact. Because it's hard to find stuff to eat over there, man. Nevertheless. So this dude is just, just getting the ground. And you know, then comes the other guy. Like, what are you doing? And he's like, come over, you know. I'm, I'm chasing this goo. And they taste this goo. And then... The next thought is, let's, we gotta, we gotta bottle this. We have. Yeah, we gotta get the stuff that just came out of the ground. He literally just saw money, like money signs floating in this fucking white goo. And was like, cha-ching, bitch, cha-ching. And also, you know, it was a parasite of some kind that's apparently controlled their mind. Yeah. I mean, I wonder how much of it do you have to eat before uh, you get mind fucked? It seemed like it took a lot before they got that far because, like, people did take little bites of it here and there and, like, some got in their mouth in different scenes and it didn't immediately take, you know, it didn't seem like it got them immediately. You had to eat a little bit of it, I think. It had to build up in your system because 
the kids' parents were eating a lot of it, and then, yeah, it seemed like it did take a little while. Now, um, the original, I shouldn't say original, but the cover to this VHS DVD is just, like, a screaming dude with the name of stuff and, like, the colors of the stuff, which is, like, blue, purple, white, um, and... He's just has this stuff like coming out of his eyes in this thing. It's kind of like uh, drawn or whatever. And yeah, it's like in front of the refrigerator, kind of coming out of it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there, yeah, there's one like that, but there's just like the normal one. The one where it's like just, the guy. Yeah. Yeah, but my favorite one is the one that what is it? Anchor Bay came out with a couple of years ago. Um, the cover of it is amazing. Oh, oh, uh, Arrow. Arrow. Oh, yes. Did I say Anchor Bay? I'm yes. sorry. I'm throwing, I, that was a throwback. <laughs> yeah, they've been gone for a while. That's why I was Not confused. Not in I my think, heart. Because I think Anchor Bay did put one out like in the early 2000s. And that's why I was like, oh, that one? I don't remember that one. Um, Arrow. Yeah, and they, yeah, that one cover for that one is pretty amazing. Yeah, it's really good. Anchor Bay's one is the one with the face. There we go. Uh, so I really like the cover of that one. There are a lot of cameos in this film. There's cameos left and right. Uh, Most we... famously, 1985. Anybody that wasn't alive in 1985, you don't know how sick everyone was by 1985 of hearing, Where's the Beef? <laughs> that commercial, you can't even imagine how annoying it got. The last thing I remember seeing that was like everywhere like that was the camel from Geico that was yelling hump day. Like yes. You would go to every hump flea, day. Every flea market had a million t-shirts people were selling that said, where's the beef? With like badly drawn caricatures of that old lady on it. Clara like, Peller yeah. is her name. Okay. She was on all these t-shirts. Just They had every color you could imagine. Every variation of it saying, where's the beef? So we need someone out there to make the t-shirt. This goes out to all the t-shirt makers out there, all the horror t-shirt makers. Where's the stuff? But yep. it's her face because this is, that was her cameo. Yep. <laughs> Along with Abe Vigoda from uh, the Barney Miller show, he played the character called Fish, who even had his own two-season spinoff from the show. Wow. Because everything in the 70s got a spinoff, I think. Yes, it did. But yeah, and uh, there's also one of the commercials with the uh, Brooke Adams who was in a shit ton of movies throughout the 70s and 80s, including, like, Invasion of the Body Snatchers, The Dead Zone. The Unborn. The Unborn, which she's, like, the headliner on that one. So, yeah, she's pretty well known for that kind of stuff. Um, you see some cameos from Mira Sorvino in this, because her dad, Paul Sorvino, is also in it. Uh, Mira Sorvino is supposed to be one of the factory workers at the Stuff Factory, but I really wasn't sure if I picked her out or not because it was 1985 and she looks a lot different than she did when I finally started seeing her in movies like in the late 90s. Yeah. Um, um, who's the other one? Uh, is it Dylan McDermott or Dermot Mulroney? Cause you Patrick know the, Dempsey. Patrick Dempsey. Never mind. Neither one. He uh, has a small cameo as, as someone buying the stuff. Yeah. There's... And the other one is a guy that's kind of a well known to some but not others. He plays one of the grocery store clerks. His name is Eric Bogosian. He's known for being in like that show Talk Radio. He's going to be in the upcoming interview with the Vampire series. He uh, was in Law and Order, which is again funny because a lot of these people in this show ended up being on Law and Order. The main character, uh, Mo Rutherford, and why did they call him Mo? Because he wants more money. Mo money. <laughs> That's what I said. Mo no, money. You said more money. No, I said Mo money. <laughs> you said more. No, turn it back. 
turn back the, the podcast, guys. Did I say more or mo? My tongue got in the way. Yeah, he was in a ton of episodes of Law of Order along with Paul Sorvino, and uh, uh, Bogosian was in quite a few of them as well. So, you know, they've everybody went on to be in Law and Order in this. Can and... you believe that he's 81 years old? Yeah. I can't. He's, Garrett Morris is in this. Yes, he's Garrett Morris. He's Chocolate Chip Charlie. Famous Amos. Yeah, which is obviously Famous Amos. And uh, who's the other one I was going to Oh, the guy who plays the Postmaster is a guy named, uh, I think his, his last name is Dixon. I think it's John Dixon. He actually wrote The Return to Salem's Lot that we covered a few episodes back. James Dixon. James Dixon. He actually wrote that, and he was in a ton of Larry Cohen movies. He was in Q. He was in God Told Me To. He played the same character in every one of the It's Alive movies. He played a detective in that. So he's a Larry Cohen guy from way back, like Michael Morty is. This isn't anything famous, but the two boys in the movie that play brothers in the movie, the main stuff family, they're yeah. actually brothers in real life. Yeah, that's, that's like, this is Brian and something else. Scott. Brian Scott Bloom. And then the lead, lady lead, is uh, Andrea... Marco Vecchi, and she was in, she's the wife in the hand. Oh, yes. And I love that movie. Yeah, that movie's crazy. Did we cover that movie? Yes, we did. Yeah, we did. Yeah, we did. It's a great movie. I, I, you know, when you see Michael Morty, like, I'm like, oh, he's gonna be an asshole. He's just so good at playing the asshole. Yeah, and, uh. The Mr. Know-it-all. Yeah, he always seems kind of smug and. He's very smug. Yeah, and I think from what I've read of different things and seen in documentaries, he was one of those ones that did a lot of improv- improvising on set, and that's why, like in Q, he insisted on being, oh, I play piano, so I need a scene where I play piano. So he had to have a scene where he played piano and that for just randomly. In this movie about a giant Quetzalcoatl that's terrorizing New York. That's... We had to have a piano scene, because, you know, that's the kind of thing you do. Oh, yeah, there's there's a lot of piano scenes. There's things with piano scenes in them. It's been a long time since I saw Q. We should do cover that one next. It's the crazy claymation Quetzalcoatl that's after everyone in town. The giant winged serpent. Yeah, that is pretty... Because you won't have time to say Quetzalcoatl. You can only say Q. Wow. And then you're dead. Now, it so Danny Aiello is in the film. Yes. Again, like I said, tons of people in this movie. Yeah. But he was married to Sandy Cohen. So, oh. is Sandy Cohen Larry Cohen's daughter, or is that his ex-wife? <laughs> Don't know. I didn't even know that. <laughs> Not that it has anything to do with the movie. So, uh, Larry Cohen was quoted to be inspired by consumerism and corporate greed um, when creating this uh, film. And isn't that fucking something... During the 80s, let's say he wrote this 83, 84, um, to have that thought because that's when all that shit really ramped up and went wild and how it just is still fucking true today. Like, think about it. These people found this shit on the ground and the first thought was like, this is not dangerous at all. This is delicious and I'm just going to fucking sell it. Mind you, whether it's the stuff that's telling them to do that or it's just human nature to just fucking just be, you know, the consumerism, all the corp, the greed of it all. Like, oh, the money we're going to get from this because this is fucking delicious. And then knowing where it comes from and selling it ma- like to the masses and how like they covered up 
so they were so secretive. That's why they had to hire Michael Morty to go into these this because fucking. Basically, you find out they kind of had taken over everyone in the FDA that was supposed to approve this. Yeah, shocker. They'd, yeah, they'd gotten them to uh, just kind of you know check the okay box by getting them possessed with the stuff or threatening them. We saw the one character, Danny Aiello, his dog was had eaten the stuff and was like watching him and making sure he didn't do things, which I thought was crazy that the dog was after him. So but that and the the dog, well we'll get to that scene because I, I was just mind blown by that whole scene. But yeah, the I can't even like wrap my head around I can, but just the thought of it all like, yeah, that's something that would happen. Because it has happened in like real life and like oh, yeah, you know, like Teflon, like hello yeah. like that happened like they were just dumping that shit i don't get like how you think oh this is like the same company that does like fucking tape like this is this, the forever chemical we use in the tape that's fine let's just coat that in a pan and like just sell it dump the, the fucking chemicals in the water it's gotta be fine and it's just like no there's millions of fucking people dying and getting sick off of this bullshit so it's but they made money. The money. That's all that mattered. <laughs> exactly the fucking the greed of it all, like the corporate greed. It's just mind blowing. But that's there's look, there's a lot of especially now you know elevated horror, quote unquote. You know, like, oh, I'm supposed to think there's more to it than that. Fine, whatever. But like there were movies back then that came out that were horror, even though technically he didn't want this to be a horror film. He wanted this to be like a satirical comedy. And I, I mean, I think it's both, but I enjoy the, obviously the horror aspects of it. I love the practical effects when, you know, Chocolate Chip Charlie gets it. It's fucking classic. Yeah. This would be one now that if they came out with it, a lot of the charm would be lost on it because everything would just be CGI. Yeah. And it would just be another movie just with CGI in it. It's like, okay. that's Even though there are some of the scenes now that I didn't even quite understand, like, there's one scene where the, the 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 younger kid, the brother, is in like a tanker truck, and we very clearly see him in the tanker truck just sitting there, and then later we see him. He's clearly been green screened into it. He's not into the tank, and you see the stuff coming at him. And I'm like, they had the set. He was actually there. Why couldn't they have just? Because they said that the stuff was just them like pouring like marshmallow fluff or whatever it was. I mean, it was a, a mix of stuff and who knows because i'm gonna tell you why when he's a child so they can't put him in any kind of fucking danger and maybe because it was something like weird because any scene where the people were being chased was actually like those crushed up fucking fish bones so the foam of it that shit is nasty. So they're probably like, we can't fucking do this to this kid because it's like fucking child abuse. <laughs> so that's why they probably had to do a green screen. Oh, I'm that's pretty... never stopped him on a movie before. Well, Larry Cohen was like, look, this is a low budget film. So I don't have, this is not a, well, I was going to say, this is not Spielberg money. Like, we're not here to fucking just take a lawsuit and just settle out of court. I don't got no money. Like, <laughs> they don't I got John Landis money. <laughs> John Landis, there you go. Hi, the one we can't. Wow, wow. Okay, I see. I see what you did there. I see what you did there. Um. So yeah, that, I'm sure pretty, pretty sure that's why they had the kid in that weird like uh, green screen, which, yeah, it's a pretty terrible scene. But I'm like, it's fine. I'm just gonna overlook that. Yeah, it's kind of went past <laughs> it's a sign of the time. It's kind of a strange, you know, like weird because some of the other scenes look pretty good. The scene where they're in the hotel room and the stuff attacks them coming out of the pillowcase is a great scene because they're using the same room from Nightmare on Elm Street that turns upside down Yeah, to make it look like the stuff is just flying everywhere and hitting the ceiling. It was great. 
was a great effect. And some of the other stuff was with these stuff was great too. But there was a couple of scenes where it was like very obvious green screen that I was like, oh, okay. I can tell you probably at the end, the radio station was green screen because they didn't want to damage all the radio equipment. It looked like they were in an actual little radio station and they probably did not want to damage any of that. So they're like, we'll just put that in with green screen later because we don't want to have to pay for the radio station's equipment. So we totally just went into the movie. We have not given any description of the movie. We're like 30 minutes into the podcast. There's no description of the movie. But the movie is fucking mad old. So <laughs> just look it up. Well, it's <laughs> no. pretty easy to... We already talked about that. They found the stuff in the ground. They start selling it. It doesn't take long for people to start figuring out that something's wrong with it. You have the one kid, he actually sees the stuff moving around in the refrigerator at night. He tries to tell his parents, of course, they don't believe him. And then, like, that's where... Because at the beginning, I don't think the dad was 100% turned over by this stuff yet. No, he was just an asshole. Yeah, he was just an asshole yelling at the kid for getting up and looking but in the refrigerator But that's at night. why they showed you that, because he's such a fucking asshole to him. The, the, the night... That we first see him, and then the next day his assholery continues. The more and more that he eats the stuff, the more docile he became, and like he completely changed as a person, and was yeah. like that weird nineteen fifties like happy go lucky. Hey son, let's go outside and play some ball, you know, kiddo. Have some more stuff. It's delicious. Like yeah. that weird. <laughs> that's the transformation of the dad like they show you the mom they it wasn't like it was like okay that's just mom being mom she didn't really have enough screen time to develop and it's very subtle the way they did it it's not like because there's so many things happening in between you know the whole going back and forth of the family um yeah. but so then after we see that a little bit like you know we see the stuff's moving we see there's something wrong with it we see a whole group of all these uh, business people that have gotten together on their fancy boat. And that's where they hire Michael Moriarty as Mo Rutherford. And they want him to... Like, he just tells them, I'm a spy. I, I'm an industrial saboteur. I find these things out. I sabotage them or I give you the formulas. Well, that's why they hired him to to do that. Because yep. they know what he's about. Yep. So they hire him to go do it and pay him a ton of money to go figure out all this. And he promises them, I'll find you the... You know, I'll find out what the stuff is. Yeah, because they want to fucking, they want to make money too. They're yeah, like, they we're, we want to copy it. Yeah, we want to make it our own, throw our fucking brand on it, and then boom, you know. And I love the first thing he does is go find the woman who was in charge of the marketing for the stuff. And then be like, hi, I'm a rich millionaire and I would like to buy your company and find out all about the stuff and how you did that. And apparently there's a cutscene where they go back to a hotel room and have sex. They cut that out of it, I guess, to make you not quite believe he was such an asshole right to begin with but they definitely implied that they went back to the hotel then he's just like oh okay thanks he just gets what he needs from her and then doesn't come back to her for a long time yeah i'm gonna tell you right now that that whole scene in the boat just i mean we get character development real fast on him it's like boom here it is bang 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 i'm just a slimy fucking asshole yep that is gonna use my slimy baldness charisma to fucking get what I want. And I'm just, he's a fucking lizard man. Like, literally, I can't even look at him. Whenever, it was every time I see him, like, yeah, if I would have never seen this movie, if it was the first time, I would have been like, that guy's fucking an asshole. Like, he didn't even have to say anything. Just look on his face. We, can we just give him an Academy Award just for his assholery? Because he's just so good at it. 
Um, but yeah, so we, sorry, I just, I have this thing with that actor. He's just fantastic. He's really, yeah, he does a great job. He's a character actor yeah. and he fits the fucking character beautifully. Yeah, he's one of those ones that when you see him, you immediately know there's something wrong. Like, oh, he's going to be. That's why I think he took that part on Law and Order, I think, was to be, you know, playing the good guy on that for a little while. And then I don't know if people didn't buy him on it. I know supposedly he didn't get along with the producers and there was some like kerfluffle with him getting to some kind of argument with Janet Reno at some point and he Janet talked, Reno. Yeah, like the attorney general. He got into like an argument with her oh, okay. about like violence on television and everything. Mm, okay. And then he felt like he was being slighted from the show and then he he was being cut down or being, you know, messed with on the show for that, so he left. <sighs> Let's talk about this dog. Let's have a discussion about uh Ben. That's the dog's name. His name is Ben. Yeah, I love when they give the dogs people names like that. And how Ben is also being fed the stuff by Daniello. I thought it was Pozzovino that was feeding him the stuff, but it no, is Daniello's dog. Uh, he's the crazy military guy at the end. Yeah, because we um, Mo Rutherford, he's going from like person to person that has influence, that has been around the stuff, that can get some kind of information until he works his way into the person that he needs to get to. Um, so then he could get into the facility. Because at the end of the day, obviously, they're trying to steal like the ingredients, right? So he visits Polyalo, who's fucking huge. That's a fucking big ass guy. Um, and he has this. Danny. Danny, I'm sorry, I said Paul, I'm sorry, Paul Savino. I have Paul Savino stuck in my head. Danny Alo, and he has his dog, Ben, and this is what I don't get. He visits him, they have the whole conversation. The dog is, like, skittish. He looks like he's, like, on coke, and he's freaking the fuck <laughs> out. Right? This is, like, a coked-up dog. And uh, Danny Alo, he's... Like, also freaked the fuck out. And he keeps looking at the dog. And Mo is like, uh, is everything okay? Like, is the dog all right? Are you all right? He's like, yeah, 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 yeah. He's literally just trying to get him out of the fucking door. Because there's going to be a stand, like a, a standoff between the two. I never got that scene. And, I, and this is where I don't get it. He literally is telling the dog, once the dog loses it, because the dog goes, he... <laughs> goes to call for help or whatever he's doing and the dog goes to the phone jack in the wall he rips that motherfucking phone thing out oh yeah and he can't he can't make a phone call and then he like jettisons like jumps on top of this guy and he's saying like i have more stuff for you like i'm gonna get you more whatever we just saw five seconds ago when mo crossed the fucking parlor the room was slightly ajar and there was a whole room filled with the fucking stuff it's all over the dining room table and it's not like a fucking small dining room table this is like a fancy ass mahogany fucking parlor with the matching mahogany chairs and fucking table and the stuff is just everywhere why is the dog mad that he can't have the stuff? There's a whole room right there. That part I didn't get. <laughs> Did he not able able to open the containers fast enough? Was were there just containers and he didn't actually have any stuff in it? I who knows. And then also, if your whole goal is to steal these ingredients, why couldn't you just get a tub of the stuff? Well, they did. They showed him take it and and like have it analyzed. 
and they came back and was like, we don't know what's in it. We can't figure out the ingredients. Oh, that's right. I'm sorry. Yes, you're correct. You're correct. You're correct. I jumped Because yeah, they had all tried to analyze it and figure out what it was, but they couldn't figure it out and they couldn't yeah. steal it. So that's why they hired him to figure out what the secret formula was. Yeah, to figure out where they're getting it from because that, yeah, because yeah, they, well, yeah, they, they couldn't that. get the formula. Yeah, so they had to figure out what the ingredients were and they, they couldn't catch on. So that's when, you know, he finds out, it's like, oh, this shit's just coming out of the ground. Now, the other scene that I really love, I love the fight scene where he's punching holes in these guys' faces and they, the whole faces sink in. Because yeah, apparently the stuff, even though it you get taken over by whatever it is, the parasites, aliens, whatever, it makes you very brittle to the point that when someone punches you, not even an especially strong punch, your face just caves in like they've punched like an egg. Because the thought process is, I'm going to tell you what I think is happening there from a scientific level. I, okay. Yeah. Uh, I, you know, I got my PhD in the stuff like two days ago. Uh, this is what I think happens. You're ingesting so much of it. That's the only fucking thing you're eating. You're, you're not eating vegetables anymore. You're not going to McDonald's. All you want to eat is the stuff. Because remember, are you eating the stuff or is the stuff eating you? That's yeah. the fucking question, right? So they're eating so much of it that that parasite or whatever it is, it's li- literally breaking down their fucking bones. Like to the point where if they do, like you said, have some kind of impact, they're just going to like collapse like a fucking like a stack of cards, you know? And they're, that's all they have in their body is the stuff. So they're just a meat sack. There's a exactly. skin sack full of the stuff. It's like invasion of the body snatchers to some extent. But yes. Oh, yeah. They do break open pretty easy on that one, too. So disgusting. And it looks great. I mean, I'm just... I, I like that whole scene. I love that scene because it's just... It's so graphic and it's so out of this fucking world. Unbelievable. That you're just... You can't help but, like, laugh because it's so crazy. The people's faces are just getting, like, sunken in. Yeah, it's kind of like Invasion of the Body Snatchers where they step on the one guy's head and, they, like, his head just turns to jelly. Yeah. It's also pretty notorious in a lot of zombie movies, too, where the people, like... There was an episode of The Walking Dead I saw where someone got turned to a zombie. Like, two minutes later, they stepped on their head and it just, you know, caved in and collapsed. I'm like, they've only been a zombie for two minutes. How did they rot that fast? Yeah, it's that kind of collapsing. Another character development moment for Mr. Mo Rutherford. He goes to the competitor, the guy, the people that are paying him. Um, though the other pe- he goes to the the stuff people. Yeah, and the stuff people are like, wink. We know what you're doing. We know you're working with these other people to find out what the ingredient is. We're gonna pay you so like money. sixty-eight thousand dollars or whatever. And I'm gonna tell you right now, he took the money. He put first of all as soon as the guy literally wrote the last little slash s whatever it was on the fucking check he literally had it in his hand and mo rutherford just took it very fucking calmly and put it in his fucking coat inside his coat pocket yeah he never said he was doing the job he just took the money the guy just assumed he was doing the job because he took the money also if this guy's office looks familiar to you Apparently, uh, Mr. Simpson, or sorry, Mr. Burns' office in The Simpsons was based on the office in this. Because it even has the giant polar bear, the huge fireplace, the the big chair by the window, everything. I was like, oh God, that is Mr. Burns' office. Yeah, you really caught on to that because I I would have never... I mean, I've seen the movie so many times, I would have never seen that. Yeah, as many times as I've seen The Simpsons, I catch a lot of references they do. 
Oh, the stuff that was put in the pillowcases, so they get set up in the hotel room, just like in Halloween 3. Um, well, technically, she should have not put that, the mask thing, they, you know, they turned the mask thing on and she got devoured with the worms in the face oh, yeah, in yeah. Halloween 3. In Halloween 3, yeah. And, like, and, and the motel. Um, so they're in the motel, they get set up. She and, put the mask on, she was picking at it with a, uh. Yeah, yeah, which she was picking up with the tweezers thing, but yeah. she shouldn't have been fighting with it. She shouldn't have been touching it. She got what she deserved. I don't feel sorry for her. Um, anyways, and how many children in her region, because she was like a store owner, she was trying to buy these masks so to sell it in her store, how many did she save by inadvertently killing herself? <laughs> anyways. <laughs> so, now I lost my damn train of thought. So this stuff... Coming out of the pillowcase. The coming out of the pillowcase. Other classic scene. I mean, how did you not feel? It's not. How did they not feel that maybe the pillowcase was a little wet? Maybe smelled weird, slimy. Well, they never said the pillowcase. The stuff with it when you touched it, it felt wet. Maybe it could change its consistency because they were just laying on the pillows, not having any problem. Maybe they just thought, oh, this is like a new foam pillow or something. I'm gonna tell you right now. They, I don't think they had those kind of pillows in 1985. Did they have foam pillows? I guess I'm sure they probably did. Or I guess they just they thought probably, this is a cheap motel that we're staying in. This is why the pillows feel weird. Maybe, but it is kind of if you're naming something the stuff because you don't know what it is. Maybe it does have the capability of do, of doing that. You know, it's like they're, they're like you know what we're trying to take over this fucking planet. We're not gonna come as a fucking comfy pillow. That's not gonna take anybody out. We're gonna be some kind of delicious substance that people are gonna want to ingest, and that's how we're gonna get in their bodies. <laughs> But we do have a subset of us that can turn to pillows when necessary. We'll keep there's them around. A, they're like the commandos of the stuff. There's a pillow division. Yeah, they're like the fucking elite commandos of the stuff. They just like, now you go to the Motel 6. You go to the Howard Johnson. And wait for their order. My other favorite scene? Well, it's actually later on the same. When he gets... <laughs> well, Rutherford gets attacked in the hotel. Oh, yes. motel. She gets, he gets the stuff on his face. Wait, wait, he's suffocating. And he says, he says, in a breath, okay, it hardened on my face. It hardened on my face. It hardened on my face. He said it like three times. That scene always gets me. And and it's a white, the white, it's covering his whole face. It's just. And her solution is, (laughs) I'll just pour something flammable all over it. Let me get this liquor over here and pour it on your face. And then I'll just light it on fire. That's going to get it off. That'll get it off your face. It won't hurt you at all. Which, lucky for her, it did not. It just burned the thing. He just flips it off and is like, whoa, let's go. Yeah. It was like, whoa, it's hot. You just had fucking fire in your face. Get the fuck out of here. You just literally had a burning mask in your face of some sort of alien weird crypto thing on your face and you're like yeah i'm fine it's good if you were to put that in slow motion like it like coming off of his face and then going back on his face like going back and forth i'm sure that shit looks wild it's just so disgusting you know what it reminded me of was the scene in uh it's either in one it's either in the police squad tv show or one of the naked gun movies where they throw a pillow at leslie nielsen and it hits his face, and he just, like, screams and is holding the pillow and fighting with it and yelling and throws it away like it was a wild animal that had attacked him. That's what it reminded me of, because it was like, wait, that thing? What the fuck is it even doing? Why didn't it just jump down his throat like it does with everyone else? No, it decided to just harden on his face. I guess they were just going to kill him. 
Yeah. They were like, we're, we don't want this guy. This, we don't want him. So we're just going to murderify him. That's it. We're not trying to take him over. What? But yeah, it's, that was a crazy scene. And I, that's one of my favorites too. I had forgotten about that part until we watched it again. I was like, oh yeah, I remember this now. <laughs> I'm going to tell you now. If the stuff were to come, or you may be some crazy substance that's all over your face, my first instinct is not going to be like, let me burn this shit on his face. That'd be like if they just pulled a gun out and just started shooting at it and was like, oh shit. <laughs> well, we shot it, but it didn't hurt him any, so we're fine. Oh, goodness. Yeah, no, that's that's not how that's going to work out. Um, so the world literally has to be saved by a slime ball, a woman marketing executive executive and a and, child yeah <laughs> it's it's the craziest then, bunch in order well they got one oh wait more. oh i'm sorry and they chocolate got, charlie yeah charlie helps a little bit and then mm-hmm. eventually they go to see his friend or his guy he knows which is paul sorvino who's leading like a weird like militia militia out in the middle of the woods who's like constantly like you know because this was the 80s so it was like the commies are coming the soviets are coming he's got this guy he goes in and helps him a little bit and I like I love when they go into the stuff factory and he just goes in and is like oh look all these people are dead they killed themselves cowards I was gonna kill him he's mad because he didn't get to kill people like god damn this just ruined my whole day yeah he's like this is not what I signed up for uh, I thought we were going to war I thought and... we were going to murder people and here we are just finding dead bodies I'm not about it guys yeah I'm like uh I don't want to shoot this dead body it's already dead I'm gonna waste a bullet for yeah, nothing there's no sense in doing this it was just it's a, it's a very of its time movie but I also feel like if this was one that got remade it would also be you could do a pretty good job of it showing it like them giving the stuff to Instagram influencers or TikTok influencers Showing them eating the stuff and how it spreads based on that. Like you could do if you remade this one now, it would still be the same kind of punch, maybe even more so, because now people are easier to market to. Because before, back in '85, even if you were on cable and you were advertising the stuff, there were still only like 20 or 30 cable channels for the most part in most areas. So the reach wasn't as big to spread the marketing back then, you know. Now they can be everywhere in the world at the same time in a couple of minutes. Yeah. So I feel like they could do a pretty good version of this now, just like showing how it capitalizes on being the, like the internet and fads and all that kind of stuff. The whole world would be dead. Mo Rutherford would not be able to fucking save the day because it would spread so fast and yeah. it would be everywhere. That's true. It, so it like how would he how would he be be able to do it? It would be one of the we're gonna get that Ray girl Addison Ray that TikTok girl that's like whatever we're gonna get her to be the one. He's gonna have to join up with a TikToker in order to fucking stop the the TikToker is literally gonna be the character from Halloween three. Yeah, <laughs> I brought it back to Halloween three. Atkins, it's gonna be Atkins. <laughs> That'd be hilarious if Tom Atkins was the uh, Instagram influencer. Was Tom Atkins? He's just there wearing like a sweater and being no. like, he's like America's dad or something crazy. I can't. That yeah, that I just bought it back full circle. He's right given the uh, like dad advice. He's one of those channels where they have like the dad advice yeah. thing. He's one of those. He's the influencer they're getting to try and do it. They're gonna. That's the only way that you're gonna be able to stop it because it's gonna have to take someone with influence to yep. do it wink yep. to fucking save the world because <laughs> <laughs> Mo the Rutherford ain't gonna cut it I'm gonna tell you right now 
he was no for multiple reasons in today's day and age i'm just gonna leave it out there and then you guys could think about whatever that is but that one guy is not gonna do it he's gonna have to join up but yeah i mean yeah you're right it could be done again should it be done no it shouldn't be done just let no, the movie but if, just but if be he did i think there is a good version of what you could do no for sure for sure that's like another one that's very you know anti-commercialism and all that in the 80s was they live I think if you're going to do that one now, that one would make a great TV series now, like a Netflix show. Do like a 10-episode arc of They Live. God, I'm sure that's in the works, probably. I just learned about that whole alien thing. Like, what? Yeah. What is happening right now? I don't know. What, what is going on with that? That's a thing? Like, yeah. It is it ever going to end? It never ends. It's just no. like, there's no new ideas. Let's just regurgitate and just show you some the same thing-ish but in this other way yep. kind of thing. Uh, but, you know, this is, like I said, I love this film, and it was great re-watching it with you, our first time watching it. And uh, I've cosplayed this movie to some extent. And I would not eat the stuff. I'm not eating shit off the ground. That's the At the end of the day, this is what you take away. Don't eat stuff off the ground. <laughs> yeah, not a good plan. It's not a good plan. Well, I'm going to go ahead and give this one uh, three knives out of four. It, it's good. I like it a lot. I, uh, like I said, the only problem with it to me is a couple of the effects are kind of wonky, but otherwise it's fine. I will also, I'm going to give it three knives and then like a little knife tip. Can I do For the, uh, like a little spoon for the stuff? Yes, exactly. A little stuff spoon sticking at the end of it. A little stuff spoon, yes. That's what I'm going to give it because I have to give it just a, a little more than three knives. I guess in the grand scheme of things, mathematical-wise, there's not a thing. Three knives. Fine. I'll keep it at three knives. All right. Um, <laughs> three spoons of the stuff. That's oh, yeah, what I'm going to give it. Three spoons. Three spoons of the stuff. Delicious. Thank you so Can't much. Can't get enough. That's right. Thank you so much for joining us in another episode of Jump Scare. Stay tuned to the horror. And now, folks, it's time to say goodnight. We sincerely appreciate your patronage and hope we've succeeded in bringing you an enjoyable evening of entertainment. Please drive home carefully and come back again soon. Good night.